welcome back to the regular exclusive. Today, we're doing foreign film edition because we're talking about a couple. Well, we're talking about one movie in particular, but we wanted to start things off with one of the wildest movies of last year, When Evil Lurks. Yes. And Renee, you were begging me to watch this movie all year. I was seeing it literally just came out at the end of 2023. So I was like, Jace, you have to watch this before you do your like 2023 film rankings. Cause this like blew mine all up. Like everything I had thought for the whole year, this came out of nowhere and just fucked me up. I was like, well, now I have to redo everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's a horror movie out of Argentina mm -hmm. and good God, I, you were telling me, and then I started seeing it pop up on people's top horror movies like it was talked to me across the board and then this movie came up and this was like arguably up this was up there with with talk to me good god <laughs> if we're gonna just talk about it real quick non-spoilery kind of thing um so if you don't want to hear about any horror movie stuff just skip to the next part uh but this movie is hardcore. This is this is a horror movie for horror movie fans. Like it's not an it's not a gateway horror movie. I would kill though magical. to see somebody who doesn't like horror movies <laughs> or never has watched one and then just watch this and just be fucking disturbed for your life. Because there's a I, lot of really memorable imagery. And I feel like as a horror fan who's seen a lot of shit, I was surprised and shocked by a lot of stuff. <laughs> and like if that's the case, I can only imagine what it would be like if you'd never really been into horror. It's also a foreign language film, so there might be that barrier. But like, I swear, this movie is like, it's just so good. And the director also has another movie that I feel like horror fans always talk about called Terrified. That's kind of like mockumentary, like yeah. found footage about possession and spirits. But I'll tell you, this one really just, I mean, I thought that one was good, but this is like epic. This is like the horror movie of all horror movies, I feel like. Yeah, this movie was amazing. And I, I remember texting you as I was watching it. I'm just like, okay, this happened. They're breaking the rules. Then something more crazy happened. Like, okay, this this movie is unhinged. There's no restrictions. Like, if if John Wick upset you with with the dog dying, this movie's gonna really upset you because good yeah. God. And it's it's it looks like it's on a low budget, but man, they pull off some of the most effective effects I've ever seen. It's like incredible. And it's really well, it's like actually like as disturbing as a lot of the content is. I will say this movie's actually like super beautiful looking. Like it's really well made. But I feel like the the best way to recommend this movie to everyone is a quick little like run through of kind of this movie has everything, you know, like a Stefan from SNL, like this movie has <laughs> yeah. everything. Um, So I just wrote down some of the highlights because it really does have everything. And it like Jace just said, it really breaks all the rules. There are no rules by the end. It's like, fuck it. What rules? You know, yeah. love it. Um, But yeah, this movie has everything. A rotten fat guy oozing pus. Yeah. An evil fucking goat. So, like, if you're into that, there's that's a good, that's a little good bit. A dog using a child as a chew toy. You don't get to see that very often. Um, a mom literally pulling the brains out of her own kid's head. And I feel like most moms probably could relate to that. So, like, good representation. Um, <laughs> it also uses autism as a evil deterrent which I think is a pretty unique idea. And I don't know if we've ever seen that before, but I thought it was pretty fascinating. Really interesting part of the movie. And 
it makes sense how they present it. I was yeah. really into it. It was very creative. Um, very creative. Yeah, it's very much like this is a possession movie, but like probably the most creative possession movie of all time. Um, <laughs> choking on a huge wad of hair and flesh, as I know that we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Um, of the same rotten fat guy giving birth this time. Um, a blood covered demon child and apple flavored ice cream. So like there's some good stuff in there too, mm-hmm. you know? It's yep. not all fucked up shit, but I will say wild. And I mean, I just feel like if you're into a movie that surprises you and really goes there and isn't afraid to hold anything back, I think this is the movie for you. So if you have the courage, when evil lurks uh, on Shutter, is that yes. right? AMC Plus slash Shutter. Okay. I'm it's, sure it's available to rent as well. If you don't have Shutter, definitely worth it. It's a it's a really well done movie. Honestly, I think it should be at the Oscars this year, but alas, the world is not just. Yeah, not fair at all. But speaking of Oscars, let's get to an Oscar nominated movie, Society of the Snow. Let's talk about Society of the Snow by director J.A. Bayona. I I have very low expectations for Netflix movies. Me too. So this movie, by all standards, blew my mind. Yeah, this is uh, not at all what you'd expect after if you sample just like a good variety of Netflix movies. You're like, okay, some of these are pretty good. Some of these are just, but most are like, like majority are just awful. So it's like you never it's really a mixed bag. You never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And like I agree. I was super surprised that this was on Netflix. Um, obviously, I think if you have the right talent behind the movie, then it'll actually be really good, obviously. Um, but, you know, you still have that fucking you're weary of Netflix films. So this was a huge surprise, so much so that it's fucking nominated for best international feature at the Oscars. Rightly yeah. so. Yeah. Spain made the right move and they picked this movie for for international picture yeah and... fuck you argentina and japan <laughs> not picking the movies we love <laughs> but yeah i mean this movie blew my mind um and then it really sucked because i was on a real high i was like maybe netflix is doing something right with oh, their God. movies and then i watched maestro and i'm just like oh here we go all right no. here we go Back to back to where we were. But yeah, that was your problem. You gotta really space those out. Cause or else if you watch one and another, you're like, okay, well now I'm back to exactly <laughs> where we started. I don't trust you, Netflix, you fucking shit. That's the thing. Uh, they get lucky with good movies, is what I think it is. But they do. But this but, one was really cool because I feel like the director, um J. A. Bayona. Bayona. He is awesome. I don't know if you know this, but well, I, I think I mentioned it to you last week that he is the same director who did The Impossible, which is about that, the tsunami yeah. in Thailand at the resort and all that yeah. shit, which is fucking harrowing as well. He's got a talent for destroying shit, honestly. I've never seen that movie. I've never really been interested in watching that movie other than I love you and McGregor. But now knowing he directed that, that I'm like, OK, I'm going to go back and watch that because yeah. Society of the Snow is powerful. 
And it's like, if that's his bag is like natural disasters and like surviving, like, yeah. Oh, he's done a lot of stuff, but like, I will say that just seems like, I know he also has like roots in horror. So he's like got that down. And I think you can definitely see that um, in society of the snow in certain ways. Like it's not all horror, but you definitely see the horror kind of come into it. But I would say that like what's really sets him apart with these like disaster movies that especially they're based on real life things. But I find the way that he makes them feel like either with like the look, the way that he shoots it, like the the editing, it just feels very raw and like very real. Both of this one and the impossible felt like incredibly realistic that I was like, that's crazy how Mm -hmm. he can make you feel like you're really there with them and in it. And I think that's like what makes these movies so effective. Yeah. And so, I mean, if if you haven't seen it, uh, or if you don't know, this is this is based off a true story of a Uruguayan uh, rugby team. Mm-hmm. That, the Andes, the famous uh, one. I think everyone knows about this one. About this movie or the story, the survivors. Oh. I feel like this is a pretty popular thing. There's been other yeah. adaptations, but like also this is like. I feel like the modern day equivalent to like the Donner Party, where you're like, I know that they were cannibals because they had yeah. to be. And I feel yeah. like everyone knew, like, the guys, like, they literally, like, they the rugby team in, in the mountains. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, you're right. I think, like, this is a very well-known story. Even if, like, you don't totally know all the details, like, you yeah. know the story of the team that was trapped in the mountains and then they had to eat each other. I mean, but there's, this is now the third movie uh, of this story. Oh, the really? Fir- I thought it was the second. No, the first one was in the 70s called Survive. Oh, um, Okay. And Damn, that's, that was fast. Yeah. <laughs> and a then fresh, don't you think? <laughs> Too soon. Yeah. Do we need a movie about this? I just fucking lived through it. <laughs> Not me, but, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then uh the, I think the more commonly known one is Alive with Ethan Hawke. The whitewashed one. Yeah, the American version, which yeah. is bullshit. Why do Americans always have to do that? Whitewash all these movies. I was like, thank God that this movie came along. Because I feel like that was like Alive was probably the the main was... adaptation then. For so well, long so that's the interesting thing there's like two there they were adapted from two stories and hmm. so alive was an adaptation from a british author and i think that author like i don't know exactly but i think like they made some he made sort them of, white it's like they they adapted the story and made the team english was so, it so... written by the fucking guys who did uh who who found elvis he's what he's what (laughs) like that means it'll be great it'll sell a lot of money like it's just like what i'm sorry that doesn't make sense i thought that it was the exact same story of like the same team who knows though i've never seen alive have you seen it uh so the only reason that i know of the movie alive is because in junior high i think it was my geography um, class i had to do a report on chile and this was the movie that popped up when I said Chilean movies in Google search back in, you know, years ago. Wow. So that's why I know of it. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I think it, they're, they're two different stories. And so I, this one is based off, um, an author out of Uruguay. And it's based off the real story. I think this one is too, but it's just based no, I'm on saying a this different... one is, Oh no, sorry. I'm saying, I think it says that it is, a Uruguayan rug, rugby team in Alive. I think what the difference might be is that they're based on different books from different, yeah. either, like, I don't know. If, I know that this one, Society of the Snow, I'm pretty sure is written by someone who was maybe, a, was it a survivor or no? I'm not exactly sure. Okay. 
Well, either way, they're both written. And I think that's like the reason I'm pulling that out of my ass is because I think that they both kind of have main different main characters. Mm -hmm. Right. So like the the version from the 90s with Ethan Hawke, that one's like all about Ethan Hawke's character, I think. And he's like Nando, the guy Mm. who's also a big character in this movie. But like he's literally the one that like, you know, gung ho's the whole rescue and shit. Um, so like, I get why you naturally that seems like the American way. We're going to focus on the guy who saved them at the end, mm-hmm. even though there was another dude walking with them fucking side by side. Fuck that yeah. guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I like I think that's what I really was shocked with with Society of the Snow was that it was told from like the main character was someone who did not make it. And I thought that was really fascinating. And I'm and I and I think he also wasn't part of the team. He, no, yeah, he was just a friend. He, he was like in law school and his friend's like, dude, you can get a $45 ticket. What a fucked like, up thing. We can just go hang out. And it's like, I was like, that's so crazy to think that there was like people who weren't even on the team that were just like, yeah, we got to fill this plane. And why not? Oh, oh wait, God. that's why not. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. We're gonna fly I know. through the Andes. I felt so bad for that guy. I was like, man, all of this just because a friend invited him somewhere. I would. Oh, that would be so terrible. But. I just I didn't know that he I didn't know the the story that well that I did. I knew exactly who survived. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was like also helped me watching this because I was like, wow, like when he started to get sick, I was like, oh, they got to rescue him. You know, they got rest. He's got to get here. And then it was like, he's, he's also the dead. narrator. He's like, the narrator. Yeah. Like, What the fuck is going to happen? And then I'm like, he's dead. What? <laughs> and I just thought that was so cool because I think I, I read that like that was the whole one of the main focuses for Society of the Snow. They wanted to tell and a story that was focused more on the people who died so the others could live and like the sacrifice that they made mm-hmm. and how like important they were. Cause I think they were saying, you know, I think obviously alive might be the perfect example where people focus on the heroes who saved them, but not the people who like died along the way. Um mm-hmm. and who whose bodies they ate to sustain themselves. Like it's pretty fucked up, but it's like cool to have that because that that instantly like because Numa is the narrator you're like instantly connected to him the whole time mm-hmm. so it really makes you feel for like him dying versus like just a side character who passes mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah this was this was a weird movie for me to watch or maybe not weird but it was a very particular movie for me to watch because like as I was watching I was like it feels so intentional that this is like honoring the people that survived this like mm-hmm. I loved how often they would say people's names and then they would also cut to their faces like throughout the whole movie. Every like, time someone passed, it was like listing their name and their age and like, yeah. their full name and then sometimes even the pictures and like a flashback to them before so that we at least like could connect to them with somebody because there's so many fucking people on this plane at first. Like you yeah. don't know majority of the people and then you kind of start to have characters that like you remember, but I love that too. I think that's like what makes it stand out is like they really put the focus on the people who passed, which is yeah. important because God dying out there. I mean, living out through that is just as fucked up, I'm sure. But like mm-hmm. dying out there just seems like, God, that's it. Like that's your last bit of life is like living out there with no fucking food. Like that's just depressing. Yeah. <laughs> to be stuck out there in the freezing cold for two months, like 71 During- days literally during the winter it's just yeah. like god uh, I'm, I, I'm i could not imagine it but this movie really makes you like feel like this is what it would feel like and it really puts you in the situation it's terrifying that way and and on 
that note of like attention to detail and like these stories, I, I saw a thing that um, uh, to ensure the accurate portrayal of the events in the in Society of the Snow, the filmmakers conducted over a hundred hours of interviews with the fifteen surviving individuals, like over a hundred hours, like. God, that's that's impressive. And you can tell in this movie that like they did that. Oh, yeah. And it's like it actually like feels like this. I know that like obviously we'll never know exactly what happened out there, but I do feel like this would be like it's probably as close as we'd ever get to like recreating it. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's pretty it's pretty accurate that way. And I do feel like involving the survivors is like, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. That makes so much sense, especially because like hey, how the fuck would I know what it's like to do this, right? Or live out there. Like, you got to really talk to those people. And that's where you get those cool details that I'm sure is what makes it really fucking, like, realistic, right? Is you make the, get those little details that are just extra. Plus, mm -hmm. I mean, even they showed, like, the real photographs at the end that they took out there. And it's, like, yeah. matching exactly to the ones that they take in the show. It's, like, or the movie, sorry. This movie's long, so it feels almost like a, a series. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I don't think that they involved any of the survivors with the live and they like disowned it. Like, that's mm. not it. That's not our movie. But like, why would you make a movie like this and not consult any of the people who fucking lived through it? The, <laughs> that's a the, bold choice. Dude, the craziest trivia that I found on IMDb was that some of the like one or two of the survivors, they do an annual tourism thing where you can go visit the crash site and those guys guide them. That's it's fucked. Like, if I survive that big, I'm not going back. It's <laughs> like the last fucking place I'd ever want to go. I feel like that's like, that just reminded me of this old Dane Cook joke from back in the day when he was like, the jokes that were like animated videos on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And there was that bit about like the lady who had been bitten by a shark or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And they bring him back and they're doing the interview on the beach. And he's like, which is, of course, exactly where they want to fucking yeah. be. Anywhere near the ocean, right? Like, let me get back <laughs> over there. It's like, no, I'm never going near the ocean. Get me out of here. Like, I don't know how you would do that. Plus, I think it's pretty, like, fucking grotesque that people go tour that place. Yeah. Like, that's fucked. That's, like, I mean, I know people go tour, like, the Holocaust Museum and, like, there's a lot of really morbid places people like. The, I mean, there's literally a whole tour in L.A. of, like, places where famous people have been murdered and famous murders have happened, right? Like, it's something people are into. I get it. But, like, this just feels a little bit more fucked up. Yeah, you really got to go out into the fucking mountains. Yeah. I'm like, like, I kind of hope one of these people, not the survivors who've already lived through it, but anybody else who's like, let's go out there and see if we could do it. It's like, I hope they die. Like, I hope we're you gonna, get trapped there. <laughs> we're going to provide you with a real immersive experience. We're yeah. going to take you through a plane in the storm with turbulence. <laughs> right. I'm like, why the fuck is anyone even going there? What happens if it happens again? I mean, we already know that was fucked, right? <laughs> Nobody can see you when, depending on where you land. Plus, these fuckers didn't even know where they were, which is crazy. But well, we'll get there. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of going there, like, it's they. As far as I could tell, they filmed this in the Andes Mountains. They like, filmed it like they definitely filmed parts there. Um, like there is, I think they filmed in multiple locations, but like they did film in the Andes Mountains for sure. I don't know yeah. if they filmed exactly at the spot, but yeah, pretty much Uruguay, Argentina, Spain. And and Andes in Chile, yeah. So yeah, they I, well, pretty I mean, much filmed around there. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, all the landscape shots because oh my, this movie's gorgeous, so like, gorgeous. Yeah. As I was watching, I was like, I wish this was released in theaters because yeah. like I was like, 
I, I haven't seen landscape shop shots like this since um, Hateful Eight. I was just about to say, if you say Hateful Eight, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. love you forever. Because for real, that is exactly it. And I agree. I want to see this on a big screen. Maybe without the, like, give me a fucking intermission, please, because it's so long. But, like, it's, like, really, I would say I didn't notice the length of it that much. Like, it was it's, still, it was a fascinating story, and it really keeps up the pace pretty well, even though yeah. it's a pretty somber fucking subject. <laughs> that That's something that I wrote down. I was like, the pacing of this movie is really good, considering, like, they don't really leave. Like, they're they don't in have one, too much to do. <laughs> they're in, like, one place for 90% of the movie. Yeah, and I, I I thought it was paced really well. It was incredibly immersive for me. Like, just like yeah, me too. A lot of the scenes, like we'll get to some of like the horrific shit that you see in this, but like I was like hooked into this movie. I was like, this is crazy how yeah. they're doing this. It was very visceral. I feel like in that way, but also like it's like you know I think they do a really good job of showing just how hopeless the situation is because mm. like you know, you're like, okay, well, why don't they just hike up and go find this? But it's like literally every single time they try to do anything, they get fucking like really fucked up or like really bad. You know, some people die, like shit happens. And it's like, it just shows how fucked they really were. Yeah. And like, it's so really well done that it, like, like you said, it's just very visceral. So you feel like, fuck, I'm fucked. I'm just sitting here <laughs> watching this, but I'm in this situation too. Yeah. And they, they do a great job of, of like, helping us really, like, understand, like you said, the situation and the shit. Like, I think a, a super easy thing that, you know, anyone could do when they're watching is, like, well, why why didn't the plane see them? You know, when the plane flies over, I'm like, how could they not see these people? But then they do these giant landscape shots that it's, like, they're a dot on the snow. And it's, like... Oh, yeah, they're impossible to see. Yeah, it's like when they finally realize, like, because, like, you understand and you're, like, kind of with them at first. You're like, oh, the plane, it's, like, it's obviously we can see it clearly. We're a big thing that must be able to see us. But then it's, like, when it doesn't show up, they're like, well, fuck. And then they realize, like, when they hike up a bit, they yeah. like, can't even fucking see us from up here. So we're, like, just blind down there. Yeah. So it's, like, that's even more fucked. And I think that whole moment of like when they're all listed, when they finally get the radio to work and then they hear that the, sh the search has been called off. Like, yeah, that's like so depressing. That would be me. I'm going, I'm killing myself now. <laughs> I'm not living out here. I'm not going to fucking, I know my strengths. I would much rather give my life and let you guys eat me for the rest of winter. I don't think I have the, the fucking strength to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of strength, I was shocked. The first time watching, I was like, how many cigarettes do they have? Because <laughs> they do have a I lot. Would be, I would be so stretched, stressed. Like I would have drank the booze and then smoked the cigs all yep. the first night. And then I think it was in the trivia I saw, like in the actual story, like one of the people worked for a tobacco company. Like his family's tobacco company. He was like literally, he carried, like he had all these suitcases full of cigarettes because <laughs> yeah. he was going to be like transporting them. And I'm like, I love that. Cause that's like, I mean, it's except for when they're like so hungry at first that they start eating the cigarettes. Yeah. Like, oh God. <laughs> but like, it really is just fucking like, yeah, I can't imagine what I would be doing besides just sitting there chain smoking, being like, <laughs> fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. I think I would just go insane, honestly. I mean, not that... Nobody does, but I would say like they pretty much hold themselves pretty well for like how I would. I feel like modern day too, a lot of us would just be way more fucked out there. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? 
And I think that's also, I don't know if you, I've, I haven't necessarily heard people saying this, but I'm like, I could totally see people being like, why did it take them so long to eat people? You know, <laughs> but it's like, well, this is also like modern day. You're thinking of this. And I feel like we've come a long way since the seventies of like, yeah. I think it would be more of like, okay, let's get to that conversation immediately nowadays. Like if mm. we, like a modern group of people were crashed in the same location, it would be like, okay, so we're planning on eating people. Right. Cause it's happened in the past. We've heard yeah. stories. I feel like back in the 70s, like what the Donner party back in like the fucking like what when they're trying to go to like, you know, the West, like way long ago, pioneer. Yeah. Days. Like, I feel like it would be a totally different thing to talk about doing it then. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think I mean, anyone who says right now, like, why does it take you so long? Shut up. OK, I know. First off, like. Just and also concerning how often <laughs> are you eating people that what not, does that mean <laughs> not traveling with you um but like i thought this movie did such a great job of really juggling that conversation and that topic of like you had people that didn't want to do it for for you know religious reasons like you don't want to desecrate the body you had people that are just like that's disgusting you had other people are like let's do it we have to survive yeah and so you had these people like throwing out all these perspectives on it yeah, that, I didn't expect that. I kind of assumed that everyone would be hungry and go, okay, yeah, like I'm I'm with you. So I was like, it was interesting to see the debate behind it because like, I guess I know like you and I obviously are big fans of Yellow Jackets. And mm -hmm. that's like one of the things on that show is like the, the you know, modern timeline with the, them as adults. And they're like, mm -hmm. nobody knows how they survived out there, but they won't admit that it was cannibalism. Yeah. Like I was always like, interesting like i feel like people would understand but i guess that was the thing with this with this um story too in real life i don't think the movie really gets there but mm -hmm. like they did they tried to keep it secret and only their families knew and then somehow it leaked and they had mm -hmm. to, they did a press conference on it but people were like people outraged. turned on them yeah and i'm just like how the fuck do you think you could like turn on people who are like out there surviving like okay let's put you out there and see how long <laughs> it takes you to fucking eat a human foot right like yeah. i don't know i feel like it's obviously not by choice, okay? These guys didn't run off to go live as cannibals, right? Yeah. like, <laughs> like it took I, a... I, It's weird that there's even a moral quandary, but I do think that, like, I think that was, like, a mainstream, like, the first time it was a mainstream discussion of, like, yeah. survival situations and, like, how far would you go and is it okay in that yeah. scenario? Because you do kind of have to make those fucked up choices if you're mm -hmm. in a survival scenario. Well, they even, like, asked, they're like, is this breaking the law? Like yeah, if, I love that. It's like, we get, are we, we going to get arrested? If we get saved, like, are we then going to go to jail? <laughs> like, I love that. But I was like, dude, you need to get your head out of the clouds. I'm not worried about the fucking law right now. We are the law, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, at this point, I'd go. But I think it was, like, a really great moment of seeing, like, how some people really haven't accepted the fact that, mm. like, this might be permanent. And I think that is maybe why, like, a lot of people were more hesitant about it at first was, like, there were so many people holding out on food. And you're yeah. like, what are you crazy? I would never be able to do that if I was starving. Like you just want to eat. But I feel like because they were like still holding on to the hope, basically, it was like those were the people who were like, no, 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 I don't want to do it because I feel like we're going to get saved. And once yeah. people kind of realize like, OK, maybe this might not work and we might not actually get out of here unless we like live, then mm -hmm. that's when they kind of switch over. But for anyone to say, like, you know what you do in that situation, it's just such bullshit because no one would know. And we'd all probably eat people <laughs> is the real thing, you know? Yeah. And I, I loved how they also, like, even layered the the emotional weight of it. Like, when they first start doing it, the two, I think it's like the two cousins, they 
they go and do it so no one has to see it. I love so it's that. like those so guys are fucking heroes. So it's like it's just me. You can mentally detach it from the person, yeah. but then it's when the avalanche happens, like they have to eat the people right like, there in front of them. And like yeah. it's crazy. And then it also like at the end when they're like when the when Lando and the guys are gonna do the hike they're like nando not lando no, this oh, isn't star sorry, wars sorry 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 nando <laughs> i love it lando uh, calrissian i didn't know uh, he was but, in this movie <laughs> so yeah he has a cameo but uh oh, yeah but like when he goes when they go on that final hike he's like you can use my, my body my sister mm, so yeah. you can use my sister's body like yeah my sister and my mom you can like feel free to eat them like i give like, you permission and i really liked that bit of the permission thing that people started giving and i also like how they like they said you can use my body like exactly you know, it wasn't like, like you could fucking like, like go fuck it and eat it like yeah. it wasn't like they were making it out to be some fucked up thing it was like it was, use it like almost in a very natural like kind of way yeah like, like native americans would always use everything mm -hmm. from the animal so that nothing was wasted i always yeah. loved that because i was like that feels like respect right and that's yeah. how it feels with these it was like they really respected these people. They were people, they're fucking loved ones, right? Yeah. It would be the hardest thing to eat a human, I think. But like on top of that, if it's like your brother, sister, friend, like mom, like how do you do that, right? Yeah. It's like so, we, we, we love horror movies and every horror movie has cannon fodder, just people that are there to die. Yeah, and always. none of these people felt like just bodies. Like they felt like people. Yeah, and like everyone, even if you don't get to know people, you see like the groups and you know kind of who's close with who. Mm -hmm. And like when someone does pass, it's like you see the 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 anguish and like sadness on the other people and it really just makes you feel it. But I do yeah. love the fact that the two guys like go out and like are like, we'll do this and we'll take care of the meat so that all of you guys can do that. I mean, like, what a crazy thing to do. I yeah. I can't imagine what it would take to be in that scenario, but like man thank god those guys were there right yeah you know yeah to be able but, to fucking do that to a human that's got to be fucked up and then yeah. let alone like you're at least they're doing that for everyone else but like yeah they're, it's just, they're, it's they're bearing crazy. the weight of it for the they rest are, of the group which is kind of like the theme of this movie it's like the greatest love like is yeah. giving yourself to your friends like to survive right is sacrificing yourself so that your friends can live that's yeah. really like what I feel like is just radiating through everything in this movie, right? Yeah, it's it's very beautiful. There's no uh, asshole fucking survivors who are like, I mean, maybe it's just because I just watched Train to Busan, but I was like, that businessman needs to fucking die. <laughs> there was none of those assholes here. And I was just yeah. really glad because I do feel like that's a staple of like situations like this. You always got someone who's like, fucking crazy like danny mcbride and this is the end you know like just chugging yeah. all the water and making all the food <laughs> like there's always someone fucking it up so i really love the fact that this felt like a really i mean even though like you said not all of them were at the team they all mm. felt very like they were really working together as one yeah all right so before we jump into some of the crazy sequences in this okay. movie i want to read some letterbox reviews oh yeah um they better so, be fucking good or i'm gonna lose it that i i mean i think they're pretty good I mean, all the ratings are good. This movie is very highly rated. It's got a 4.1 on Letterboxd out of five. Damn. Very strong. So um, five stars. The crash scene was worse than any Saw movie. Agreed. We'll, we'll get to the crash the yeah. crash scene. It was worth it, it. I would go as far as to say it was worse than Final Destination 2, the car log truck scene opening. Oof. 
So yeah. speak, speaking of that, four and a half stars, the most nightmare-inducing crash plane scene since Final Destination. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even like, I just think the the log cars is like the, you know, on the highway, the car crash, that's worse. Yeah. So that's why I compare it there. But you're right. It is like, it makes every plane crash look silly now is what I feel. All right. So four and a half stars. If this was an American film, it would win like six Oscars. But you people aren't ready for this conversation. For real. We suck. <laughs> I agree. Whoever wrote that. You're spot on. If this was literally like, again, if it was like a live and they just whitewashed it, yeah. probably fucking sweep the Oscars this year. Bullshit. But instead, fucking we have Oppenheimer. There, <laughs> there's several uh, reviews along this line, but five stars. I'm never complaining about anything ever again. Yeah, it should make you feel that way. Thank God somebody can fucking understand. I agree. This movie made me feel extremely lucky. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, as fucked as these people are, they really seem pretty grateful just to be there and be alive still. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I would have been given up. I would have been a real bitch to deal with on this <laughs> yeah. trip is all I'm saying, you know? Yeah. They probably would have just had to kill me to get me just so that I would be less annoying and they could just eat me. Like, mm -hmm. get her out of here. This isn't going to happen. <laughs> and then the last one, um, four stars, R.I.P. Numa, you would have loved Yellow Jackets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he would have, although he would have been horrified. So, yeah, a lot of people are really loving this movie. And it's, you know, before we get into like some of these sequences that happen, it it is just so funny to think about like how mainstream this story is and like mm -hmm. how many people know it. Like, I remember when you and I, they're like hey let's do this movie i was like okay you have to watch this rick and morty scene where they do the alive thing and they do it and like it's just this like five minute yeah there's no words just music but they essentially put morty through the events of alive it's and, like, like a cutaway almost on like, like family yeah, guy it's like yeah, a very like, small part of the episode but it's great it's great. It's like super emotional. And you're like, am I yeah. still watching Rick and Morty? Like it just kind of comes out of nowhere. And then you're like, fuck. Yeah. And then it's just like, hey, that's funny. Cause like literally we were like, let's watch this. And then you're like, oh yeah, you should watch this. And then I was like, that's so funny because I was just watching that new Ted show, which yeah. by the way, people, if you have not watched it, please do so. The whole season Very streaming funny. on Peacock. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, but they have this great bit where um they're like talking about movies they've seen lately and then like john is like oh yeah i've seen i just watched the movie alive and i was like that's random because like <laughs> literally exactly the same story he's talking about how they had to eat each other and it's the boston accent sorry i couldn't help it just slipped um, out of you <laughs> yeah just slipped out of me um but then ted's like i think it's john says that basically yeah and there were no women so it's just guys that they had to eat and then it's like this whole bit about like Ted's like, it's just weird that you would have a preference between wanting to eat a female versus a male, right? And he's like, it goes through this whole like hypothetical scenario of like being on a plane with Diane Keaton and Tom Hanks. Who would you eat first? And it's like, I'd, I'd start with Diane. And if we didn't get rescued, I would eat Tom. Okay. So funny. And it is like just a really random like reference. But I was like, did fucking Seth MacFarlane know about this movie and like put that in there? Because it was just incredible timing. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. But yeah, this is a very like, even though I'd never seen a movie about it, I'd heard about the, the I knew mm -hmm. the story, basically. Very much yeah. like I would say I know the Donner Party story, which is not much. I know yeah. that they got trapped in the snow and had to eat each other. 
basically don't travel when it's fucking snowing is what I'm learning. Unless yeah, you, you know, like eating people, I think. Unless you're full on a cannibal, you're like, this is exactly what I've always wanted. You know, it is funny, you know, now that we talk about this, this, this it's a little shocking there hasn't been like a documentary on this. I'm like sure there's there has been. But like there I'm hasn't? saying, I'm saying in like the last 10 years, which is oh, like, like a Netflix documentary or like, some shit. Yeah. The last 10 years have been do documentary, like there's golden, documentaries golden era, you yeah. know? <laughs> and I'm, yeah, it's like this is such a known story and such a compelling story. It's like, I feel like we would have gotten like two or three at this point. <laughs> I honestly feel like with this would have been like a limited series on something like for a while. Yeah. Like it, it definitely could have been. But I'm really glad that the way that they did it, it's long enough that it like makes you feel like you're in the, the like there with them. But it's yeah. not like a lot of just wasted time on stuff, which I mean, they're dealing with a lot of heavy shit. I don't want to mm -hmm. be wasting time around this stuff, because if you start like disconnecting from it, then it's not as powerful. Right. Yeah. So, all right, so let's talk about some of these scenes because this is not a horror movie, but this is one of the more hor horrific movies I've I've seen. Like, there's yeah. some horrible things that happen, and the way they like shoot them and depict them, it like it's I talked about I talked about how immersive this was when these things happen. I'm like, oh my god! So I mean, exactly, and that they have to be, I feel like, horrifying in order for you to really like understand that. Like, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if this was what your situation was, you'd be like, I'm in a fucking horror movie. Like, this is it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it feels like a very horrific situation, and I do feel like that is kind of the thing with like a good survival movie. Mm -hmm. 127 hours, very yeah. similar. Where like that when he has to fucking cut his arm off like that's so fucking crazy and the fact that it looks so real and they show it i mean it really just puts you in the moment but it's so visceral and i find that that's like just what makes them so successful and also for me for sure shows me that like this would never be me i'd be one of the people that die in the plane crash at the very beginning of the movie hopefully those are the lucky ones i think renee Knowing your track record, you know, you always kill yourself. You take yourself out of the situation. You would have jumped out of the back of the plane as soon as the tail went. Oh, flying. I would have like... been on there. <laughs> Bye. I'm not fucking living through this. Are you kidding? And uh, also, I it, the way that you just said that was like, oh, you always kill yourself. It makes me sound like I'm God. So just FYI, people, <laughs> you try to take me down, I come right back. <laughs> so since we mentioned the plane crash, um, Yes, that's the Ever start. That's like really quick into the movie, right? Like yeah, 20 like minutes, I think. They lay the groundwork with the rugby scene and then they're like, hey, come take this cheap ticket. You know, that'll be a once in a lifetime experience. They were right. It is once in a lifetime. I think we'd uh, all give that up, though, for the price of a plane ticket. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then they just jump right into into the plane and, you know, they're right into the shit. Yeah, they're all having a good time. They're playing poker and laughing and stuff and it's funny That's when Every you know something's wrong people look too happy on a plane this thing's going down dude yeah. nobody's sitting there stressing going geez this is a pretty small plane flying yeah. to the mountains with a lot of snow and low visibility yeah. i would be fucking shaking in my boots since we took off <laughs> so this uh, every everybody i've ever heard talk about this movie or anyone i've talked to this is the scene where everyone talks about yellow jackets because yeah agreed the plane crash scene is insane. Mm -hmm. Like in this one or yellow jackets? I well, both, but like this is this one especially is insane. Like this takes it to another level because agreed. Just, everyone dies and you see it. Well, it's like this one I felt like it it felt real compared to any other plane crash because yeah. 
I think also like I know in Yellow Jackets, they kind of show parts of it and then like kind of flash back to it. So it's not all one continuous thing. Yeah. And then like even with like, I mean, Final Destination kind of is one continuous scene. So it's kind of fucked that way. But this is like taking that, making it realistic of like, like the things that I never knew that I should be afraid of. Right. That's like. The fucking like accordion action the accordion of the chair. Seats and how they all the seats just fucking slide up and just crush everybody. I was like, so you know, like when you're on the plane and they tell you that in case of a crash, you should fucking go in the brace position. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, dude, there's one guy in the brace position, he's gonna be fucking dead. Like that would you would be instant death. I mean, I always think of the joke from Ricky Gervais that's like when they're telling you that, he's like, if your fucking plane is about to hit the mountain or the ocean. The brace position does fuck all. And I'm like, <laughs> exactly. It really doesn't. And this movie proved that to me, that that was not just a funny joke. That was real. Do not yeah. brace, guys. A- after this movie, I'm like, I'm taking the back of the plane every time. <laughs> I want to die instant. I think that's the, the ideal way to go in this scenario because... God, I think it's like, you're like, oh man, it's so scary for those people who get sucked out of the plane. But it's like, those guys are fucking lucky, man. They're probably instant death, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, you're right. Like a lot of a lot of plane crash scenes in movies, like they don't always show it. A, a, a lot of them when they're or like stay re- in it, right? Yeah, or like when they're really cheap, they just shake the camera a lot. Yeah, there's um, fires and whatever. But like this was like just really this see- raw. <laughs> this sees you all the way through the crash. Like the play, the back of the plane goes flying. We see the friend go flying, and mm-hmm. then everyone's just like, "What do we do? What's going on?" And yeah, then the accordion chair. Th- that was one of the. I was like, "I've never seen this before." Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, fucking a. Like, I don't know where I want to be, but definitely not the middle. Like the yeah. front, the back. I don't know what's. I mean, <laughs> either way, it's also like weird to me that in every movie or like TV show, whenever there's a plane crash. The pilots always die. Is that like something like as a pilot, I would bet, can we work on making this cockpit a little safer? Because I feel like if the pilot was at least alive in a lot of these scenarios, they would get help a lot faster because they know they know about everything. They know where they are. Like that guy could have told them, hey, we're not really where you think we are. We haven't actually crossed, you know, the border. Like like shit like that would be super helpful. And I'm always wondering, do they not make these planes safe on purpose? Like. The pilot never lives. Is there something we should be looking into? <laughs> I'm just wondering. It seems pretty unsafe. It's like those, uh, it's like the avalanche uh, safety things. Like you pull the cord and then the bubble comes in around you. Like pilots need that. I mean, just at to... least like, a, I mean, in a car, at least, you know, you have your airbag. It's like those guys are always like the fucking front. It's just glass. It just caves <laughs> in and kills them. And I'm always just like, I mean, there should be a pilot union if there's not and go, we demand fucking safe places to fucking fly a plane i'm just saying and as a person who's on a plane i would pay a little extra for a plane ticket (laughs) if it meant that it was a safer cockpit yeah not just so i could say the word cockpit (laughs) but also like don't you agree i feel like that's something that they should really work on i know this is from the 70s but like still it happens in everything today i don't know if this happens in every real plane crash but like i imagine so I mean, I feel like there's enough plane crashes, you know, in the last three years that it's like, maybe maybe we could investigate this. But maybe we could figure something out. You know, the plane's <laughs> go missing. It's like, I don't like that. I think we should pay more attention to that, right? <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, but then they survive. But then, like, the next just crazy sequence is, like, they foreshadow the avalanches that are happening. And, like, 
that was yeah, a big... you see him in a distance and i still got fucking nervous i was like i almost pissed myself seeing it in the like the, it was like far away like not near them but like close enough that i was like dude fucking get back down or maybe yeah. stay up front i don't know where they're supposed to be do you want to get up high you definitely don't want to be down low that's all i know but i think uh i think it was my the the wife was telling me that the the it wasn't the cold that killed the all that killed the majority of these people it was the avalanches so mm -hmm. that avalanche scene where <laughs> they have the yeah. suitcases like blocked up just to try and stay warm and they're all cuddling together for warmth and then the avalanche hits it hits so fast and yeah. then the Ominous way that when they look out and then it's just already fucking in your face yeah and then it just comes back on with everyone screaming it's like the little cameras handheld in the fucking avalanche and it's just people screaming yeah. and trying to climb. I was like, this is horrifying. Oh yeah. my God. I was like, I guess I just always picture like an avalanche as like soft snow that you're like stuck under and like you can kind of move, but it was like fucking packed. Right. And it just, it was... and as soon as they even like so many people died just in the first hit and yeah. then the people who get out, as soon as they get out, it fucking hits them again. And I was just like, oh my at this God. point, how have these all not just going, let's kill ourselves guys. <laughs> Clearly something out there doesn't want us here. Like every <laughs> time we try, we get fucking punched right back down and lose oh. like 10 more people. It was just like, how disheartening would this be? Like, yeah, I would be so fucking mad. Again, I would not be in this situation because I would have <laughs> died way well before this, right? I mean, I also think like effectively, like it's so effective after both the avalanche and the plane crash. Like even just the plane crash that first night, they're all mm -hmm. just screaming. They're so cold and injured and terrified and like stuck in a plane in the middle of nowhere. And they're all just like screaming and it feels so like, it affects, it's very affecting. And yeah. I feel like the same thing when they're like trying to get out of the snow, you're just like, it's so desperate. Literally these actors did such an incredible job in this movie. They really sold being in these scenarios. I was a little shocked to realize this is not a documentary yeah. <laughs> because these guys were really fucking like, it was real. It felt yeah. like, well, it was so scary. And like, yeah, and like you said, like you feel like uh, your powder and like that snow, like it's all soft and it, it it almost like reminds me of like any movie you've seen where like a flood of water like floods a room yes. really quick, but then like imagine that room instantly turns to cement. Hard. Yeah, like, it's like literally just being yeah. If you're just literally encased worst. in cement, yeah, you can't move and you're just like dead. Although it's like you you're so cold and tired, you just kind of like go to sleep. But it's like gotta be stressful if you like die in the middle of an avalanche. I I feel like the cold, you know, it's like oh you can go to sleep and feel cold, but it's like. The people getting killed in the avalanche that looked painful. Like, yeah, like they're you might eventually drift. Yeah, exactly. Like the the husband who loses his wife. Oh my god, that fucking broke me, dude. I was crying like a baby because he's talking about how like he was yelling that he was gonna get her out, but he couldn't. He knew he couldn't get her out because his feet were on top of her shoulders, yeah. and like Ugh. if he moved, he would have pushed her in, and then everyone's walking over it. And I was just like, that is fucking so sad. Oh that is the God. worst thing ever. Can you imagine that? Like being having to literally go like, I'm coming to help you. Don't worry. And you know that you're not and they're going to die. Like that yeah. would be so fucked. Like, again, these people are like the survivors are incredibly strong for doing this. But like, think about all these things that these people went through this horrible shit that all of them seem like good people. You know, <laughs> yeah. none of these people seem like they deserve they were all it. kids. There were a lot of really young people and women on this thing, which like I feel like was maybe left out of alive and stuff but like 
there was women and children. Yeah, there like, was really some present families, on it. Some families yeah. On there, yeah, I had no idea. I had always heard it was like a man, a male rugby team. So I just yeah. assumed it was all guys. But like the fact that there were women and children is like just really fucked. And like young kids who it's like they just fucking like started living. Yeah, it's like so the, sad. The main character, uh, Numa, he was like he was one of the older ones. He was 25. Yeah, like which a, is saying something. A bunch of them were like 21, 22. Like, I think the oldest one I saw there was like 30 or something. Yeah, like, there was like older people, but like most of the majority of them were like in their early 20s. So like yeah, they were all in college. Late teens. Yeah, it's so sad. That's a, this movie was just really fucked in the way of like, I never like they. I think everyone kind of focuses on the sensational part of the story, which is the mm -hmm. cannibalism, because that is pretty fucking wild. Yeah. And that is probably the wildest thing. But I feel like the way that they do it in this movie, it's almost like the plane crash and the avalanche or the wild shit. Yeah. Like the cannibalism feels very much like you're like, OK, like I'm hoping like the people who are saying no, I'm like, just please do it. Everybody yeah. do it. Eat like you want them to do it. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's like crazy. Now we're all like, I mean, I love yellow jackets, but it's not <laughs> like we have this crazy religion and we're worshiping women and yeah. killing each other and hunting for prey. It's very much like it feels still like love. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what this movie is really about like Numa's quote that it's like at the very end after he dies and it's his handwritten note that said, there's no greater love than that, which gives one's life for one's friends. And I was just like, fuck uh, man. And he's, he didn't even know all these people before he came. So that's even more like upsetting and so beautiful. Well, and yeah, I mean, when that, when they read that note and everything, I was like, God damn it. I'm welling up. You didn't uh, cry already? I cried this for the last half of this movie. I feel like I cried uh, like the whole time. <laughs> I was tra I was traumatized the first yeah. half and then I was crying the second half. Yeah, but... very terrified and like, oh my fucking Jesus. Like, oh, and like then by the end, like I would say once people really like the main people that you're with start mm -hmm. passing too and like like a lot more, it just gets more and more harrowing. You almost like it's like I'm just depressed now. I'm so sad. And then when they get rescued, yeah. it's so sweet and like beautiful. But like, it is just such a sad story towards the end. I was just crying. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> but a good cry. It felt like this was what they wanted us to feel. Right. Yeah. They wanted us to be understanding of the situation and to really put the like emphasis on the sacrifice that the people who died made. Yeah. Well, and like, especially like the ending, like the, the, the avalanche is really interesting because it's like, it happens and then that is like the catalyst for a lot of like mm. i called it the reminders of um basic injuries without medical attention will kill you yeah that's something that like, i never uh i didn't think about out there and i'm like that would suck because like numa that's like exactly what kills he him just, he cuts his leg on some he just glass gets so upset and he's and kicking gets, through the glass and he gets infected and then he dies he gets that's bed so sores fucked. and then he dies like it's horrible i was like dude oh. what the hell that's like the most upsetting thing ever plus it's like it's just crazy that a little thing like that could kill you out there and it's like you would think like the snow or the cold or anything but no it's a fucking yeah. cut but even like the guy who I think like he breaks his leg early on and mm, yeah, but he he's the guy who's sitting in the hammock for like pretty much all of it. But like, I oh, think yeah, he, yeah, never mind. I don't think he dies from the broken leg. I think he dies because he gets the bed sores and then the bed sores get infected. I think he gets an infection is what it is. He gets infected from something either like in his like where his leg was broken probably a scratch or some shit it's like the same thing that kills all of them and yeah. then they get infected and then that's when their lungs filled with fluid and all this shit 
I think yeah. the bed sores are more of like a symptom of the infection, but I could like, be wrong. The, well, no, like people get bed sores in hospitals and it's just from totally. staying in one place for too long. And those are open wounds. And so yeah. then those can get infected. Ah, you're right. Okay. So I yeah, think maybe that guy, I think that guy like busted his leg, but like he didn't have a bone sticking out and maybe, yeah. maybe there was some infection, but like him Crazy. and him and, um, uh, Numa both got bed sores and like they showed both of those. And I thought that was intentional that they showed both of them. Like, you're right. Just like sitting in one place, like they developed these wounds and then those got open and they couldn't treat those. Mm-hmm. But crazy. Uh, it, it's just unbelievable. And, um, but then like, it's cr- like, it's crazy how, like I, I say, this movie's immersive. Like it's crazy how deep they take you into the despair. Mm-hmm. But then like, they pull you also so deep into like the hope of everything. And then like the ending when they're coming to get rescued. The moment they hear on the radio that that they found the guys and that they're coming and all of them just erupt in joy and they start like slicking their hair. Like they got to look nice. They got to look nice. nice Brushing their teeth. (laughs) <laughs> hiding all the fucking bodies like because th- by that point they were like the unthinkable became normal like they were like literally picking the meat off of a rib cage going yeah. like whatever you know you're just past that we still gotta oh, let's hide this shit before the plane gets here yeah. thank god they had the fucking thing those guys had to give them a heads up because it's like hey by the way bury the bodies do something with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's like the last thing they were probably worried about maybe like yeah. until the place showed up but i do love it really does bring you out of it. And I think Nando is like a great character. You can see why they would put a movie around his story because mm-hmm. he really is motivating and like mm-hmm. the, the driving factor. Cause like, yeah, the other guy, Roberto or whatever, who's like walking with him the whole time. Yeah. He's like definitely doing as much as he is, but he's not like, he's reluctant to do it and he's yeah. scared, which is totally reasonable, but like yeah. probably why people focus on Nando. Cause he's like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. We're just going to keep walking. And like, it's fucked to think if they had just walked the wrong the other way, they would have been there in like a day or two. Yeah, and it's like yeah. they literally went like two weeks hiking. Like that should have killed them. And it's just yeah. incredible that they still like actually made it. And that and that actually, I'm glad we're talking about this, like the rescue stuff, because I saw people online being like, my only note was that they kind of just rushed through the rescue at the end. And I was curious if you had any thoughts on that. So people said that they, uh, yeah. they rushed through it. They felt like it, the the rest of the movie was like pretty like extended throughout like every other part of the journey and like the whole story. But like they wrap up the whole movie really quick at the rescue in like the last 30 minutes because it is like three hours. So they're like, it's like really quick. But I, I, I so, feel like I understand why that is. But I was curious if what you think of that. So I actually really loved the rescue scene. Um, I thought it was perfect because... It is very quick, but I felt like that fit so good because like in a moment they were, they were just in this horrific situation. Like the plane crap, like the plane has turbulence and all of a sudden it's crashing and then they're stuck there for two and two months. And then they, they realize they're getting rescued. They all get ready. And that moment is really like engaging and beautiful. And then like the helicopters come and they get into the helicopters, and when the door slams, it all goes silent. And I thought that was perfect because it was just like, they've been in this. This has been their life for two months, which probably felt like their entire lives. And then in just a single moment, they're out of it. 
it's like castaway almost it felt like yeah. in that same moment when it's like because at that point it's almost like they're almost scared to leave because that's all they've known for a long time and you get so used to it that it's like kind of like when tom hanks is like finally leaves and he's like really like oh god did i make the right decision maybe i should have stayed on the island but it's like yeah because you know that it's comfortable at this point even though it was not comfortable the whole time right it's like yeah. you've made it comfortable for yourself because you're used to it so a hundred percent i think they they nail it plus it is like they go to like there's the celebratory and like it's great when you see them re reuniting with family mm -hmm. and stuff oh, but then they really i know and then they really they, i think that what's great about it is that like they kind of uh, sure they rush through but like do we need two weeks of fucking nando walking through the snow i think it's fine and if you want that apparently you can watch a live and you'll get a lot of that <laughs> i'm sure like most of it is focused on that part of it so with this movie i love that like after like the whole like reunion and stuff and all the great stuff and the press is all over him it's like they're so joyous but then they all like go to get cared for the doctors they're so nervous and scared yeah. and they just feel like dead in the way of like they're like so just fucked up that they're disturbing the doctors and then yeah. also they're like are they gonna know that we ate people because of the way mm. that we look or how we survive or whatever like how are they are they gonna figure that out they're looking at me like they know and it's like all this thing and how about like it's i love that numa still is the narrator for this part because yeah. he's talking about how like even though we have died like they also came back but they're died they've died too yeah. you know and it was just a really interesting way of looking at like how fucked this situation would be in general yeah it's great that you survived but like what do you do after this this yeah. is pretty fucked and to like have to come back from that is is insane so i think that that was the right move and plus this movie was really about the people who passed and the, the yeah. people who died out there and what happened in the snow really i mean that's why it's called society of the snow it's not yeah. like society of the rescue or whatever yeah. or society about nando's heroic journey society of the cannibals yeah exactly yeah. it's not like a. it's not the hills have eyes it's not a fucking hero's journey it's about fuck fucking survival and how mm -hmm. this group of people as fucked as this situation was they really came together and made it something beautiful even though yeah. it was pretty fucked yeah hundred percent like yeah I, I i feel like the it's so obvious that this movie was not made for the taboo or the sensational sensationalism of yeah. of cannibal. the cannibal part it was it was for the remembering of people and the people who went through this and like yeah like the whole i mean first off the the final scene like makeup special effects whatever it was like how skinny they were the sunburns like some the people sketch. i know they lost weight too but like definitely some special effects i doubt that they starved themselves <laughs> for real right but like but like the, they look realistically like just so fucked yeah or like the way that they just did that or like the the faces that some of them had just like the nurses like washing yeah. like washing them and they were just like i haven't been touched in two like months this. like yeah you know, I've been rubbing my bro's feet, you know, just to keep them warm. Like, and nobody's taking care of these people. Yeah, it was crazy. And I, I thought the final scene was just, I thought it was perfect. Like them, they're, they're rescued. They're in the hospital, but then they're just, they're all just huddled around each other again, just being near each other. And it's like, that's been their life for two months. And I thought that was like a really like beautiful, but also like really sad thing of like, what a horrific thing that like the only way you endured this is with each other. And now that you're out of it, you still have to endure 
what yeah. you went through and it's I just mean, it's yeah. wild honestly it's like the fact that like I mean how would you ever be able to share that story with anyone and have them understand like you guys would have this close-knit understanding of like you're the real they're the real reals you know like we yeah. know the shit you guys are there when the shit went down and we fucking were there for each other homies for life but also like we got to take some shit to our grave they don't really get into that part but like i don't think that's the point of the movie yeah. in any way and i know that like people know what happened so it's okay because and also if you're one of those judgy assholes who wants to say some shit about why they're eating people in the mountains i'm gonna fucking drive you out to the middle of nowhere with like a fucking just a human leg and see how long it takes for you to eat it you know true that well and that and i i hope the survivors i hope they're fans of yellow jackets off all the snow because uh we're done talking about this horrific event which it's horrific but it's also very beautiful how they did it hope i mean i haven't seen all the foreign movies but i hope it wins best best foreign picture international picture whatever the there category you go. is yep that's um, all the words you said were right i don't know there's foreign <laughs> there's non-english there's best international. foreign international non-english film from another country <laughs> that's the name of the category yeah. <laughs> but yes if you haven't watched it please book some time and put it just watch it it's well worth it and it's not pure horror like if you enjoy a really heartwarming story i will say that there is some heartwarming shit you know and it is a true story of survival and i just think that we don't get a lot of really good ones of those so yeah I mean, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I I feel like uh, it's one of the better survival movies we've seen, like, since Castaway. Oh, yeah. Like, and this is actually a true story, too. So, I mean, wait. 127 hours, I think I'll say oh, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good call. Good, good. That good was, call. like, my gold standard before this. But, like, this one, I feel like, really just takes that up a notch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well next week um don't get um too lighthearted um because we're going from one anxiety ridden movie to the anxiety movie we're talking yes. about oh is afraid my which... favorite movie from last year and i just am so disappointed not to see it on its number one like ranked at the oscars like it should be winning best picture best director ari aster I personally am obsessed with this movie. I also deal with anxiety on a regular basis. So I felt almost like this movie was just like made for me. And I feel like a lot of people have really related to that. If you don't have anxiety, I do feel like it's also still a fascinating look and you'll get a pretty great idea of what it is to be anxious. Yeah. At the very least, this movie should have been nominated for production design. Mm-hmm. hundred like percent. Some incredible stuff. The and, animation sequence out of nowhere. I mean, the whole play sequence, there's like a whole fucking 10 to 15 minute play that appears in the middle of this movie. And normally that's some shit I would go, I'm out. But I fucking was all in. Well, and I will speak to what the opposite of you said. You have anxiety. I don't have anxiety. This movie helped illustrate in my mind what anxiety looks like for people who suffer from anxiety so this was fascinating when i watched it i was shocked at the polarization that this movie has mm -hmm. it and really puts you in it in a similar way to society the snow it's very like, yeah immersive yeah, okay this is what it feels like to be fucking surviving in the snow this yeah. is now what it feels like to have anxiety on a normal daily basis it felt like he was reaching into my brain <laughs> and taking out certain things that I'd been like, oh my God. Like it just felt very real. But 
I mean, Ari Aster described this movie. I would say it's not really a horror. It's like a horror comedy kind of. It's yeah. not even horror. It's more of like, I mean, it is horrifying, but it's just kind of a quirky, weird ass movie. But I would say he described it as like the Jewish man's Lord of the Rings. But instead of going to Mount Doom, he's going back home to, to his mother. So like to his mother's house. And I just feel like it's kind of that's the best representation of it, I guess. Yeah. A wacky, like, weird, anxious-filled Lord of the Rings. I would say it's like a it's like a black comedy and similar to Saltburn. Yes. Like it's mm-hmm. very it's very abstract, very weird, and a weird. You're not sure you're not sure if you're thing, supposed too. to laugh. Yeah. You're not you're not sure if you're supposed to laugh, but you should. It's, it's I laugh great. a lot. There's a lot of things, and uh, you know, Walking Phoenix. He might be kind of weird in real life, but he really nails it in this movie. And I'm just so excited we're finding it's on streaming. It's streaming on Paramount Plus finally, so like we can talk about it. Yeah, it's three hours, so so plan some time. Maybe do it in a couple chunks, but it is. We're doing three hour movies for the rest of the pod, everybody. <laughs> Get ready and fucking make sure you have your potty breaks. <laughs> All right. See you next week on the regular exclusive podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We out here.